At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And we've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Justin Perry. He does great work over there at Odds Checker US. Moment ranks, number edge, list goes on and on. He is over there doing a wide variety of things. Does a great job taking a look at the game of baseball for all of them. Also does a little bit of NFT stuff as well if you are into that sector. But that said, this man does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. We're going to be asking him. He's been taking a look at these totals. We're also going to be asking him about everyone's favorite question. At what point is there a buy point on the Reds? If there is one that's out there, how do we continue to fade them? Should we be continuing to fade them on Friday? We're going to be going very much in depth on how bad the Cincinnati Reds are. And then we're also going to take a look at some intriguing spots for Friday as well. So that's coming up in the second segment. And then in the final segment, we're going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, size per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Most of the questions that you guys wanted firing in were just on how poopy the Reds are. So how about if we take a look at them first as we take a look at everything that we wound up getting on Thursday, try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. 
later. On Games from Yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap. Making now 19 losses in the last 20 games for the Cincinnati Reds. And if our little friend Stuart the Minion were here, he'd be frowning. 10-5 to the final. They were up 3-0 to in the first inning, and by the end of the second, they were down 3. I mean, that's how bad it's going. And Cincinnati starting pitching, they currently have an ERA that is north of an 8-9. 3.3 points higher than the next worst team in Major League Baseball. As Hunter Green gets destroyed. Gives up 5 home runs. He gets 8 outs, and he gives up 8 runs. I mean, to the credit of the bullpen, Tony Santillan, you ought to have a Gunnar Strickland and Philip Deal. I'll give you a scoreless inning. Luis Sessa, one and a third inning scoreless. And Art Warren gives up two runs in an inning. But for the Milwaukee Brewers, it was just another day of being able to hit the ball in the yard. Tyrone Taylor, first home run of the year. William Thomas, his seventh and eighth home runs of the series. And Luis Odias, his first home run season. Kessinira, Hip Hip his second home run of the year. Christian Yelich is fourth. As Adrian Okami Duki Elzer, not a great start here. And the Reds have been able to score a few runs recently. Five runs, four of which were earned given up in five innings for Adrian Hauser, including Homer, but then Trevor Gott, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, Hobie Milner, all able to give you a scoreless setting. As for the Red Legs, he did have Tyler Stevenson be able to give the team his third home run season, but boy, it is rough for the Reds. And by the way, for the Milwaukee Brewers, give them credit. I believe that they have covered the run line in like now eight out of their last nine games, so they are white hot. What is white hot is fading the Boston Red Sox bullpen. 8-0, to the Angels are able to get it done as this game was tied 0-0 going into the 7th inning. Rich Hill, actually 5 scoreless innings, 1 in allowed, and then Tanner Elk, who was starting at the beginning of the year, he doesn't look comfortable out there in the bullpen. Gets 7 outs and gives up 7 runs, all of which were earned, including a homer. He wound up having Jared Walsh take him deep for his fourth home run season, and then Brandon Marsh gets his third home run of the campaign. That comes off of Cutter Crawford, who has not been able to get it done in a long relief roll. 10-38 ERA now after it lowered when he went one and two-thirds innings, giving up that solo home run. And for the Red Sox, they go 0-6 with men in scoring position. Joy Otani was on his game. Joy Otani has been a little bit rough at the plate, but 11 punch-outs, 7 scoreless innings. He was dominant there. And then Mike Myers, nothing funny about this for the Red Sox. Two scoreless innings for him. DK Nation pick was on the Colorado Rockies, and they are able to get the job done by kind of 9-7. to And this is a Rockies team that they've been relatively solid at home. As we know, this is a team that typically they've got some pretty demonstrative home and road splits in thus far this season. 11-5 and at home for the Colorado Rockies. As for the Washington Nationals, you do wind up having a pair of home runs. Keeper Ruiz winds up taking Ulysse Chassin deep for his first home run of the season. Juan Soto gets a sixth of the campaign as Antonio Sensatella. Not necessarily a great start. Three runs, two of which weren't given up in four and a third innings. Chassin gives up that solo home run in his one and two thirds innings and then we have two runs and two outs given up by Robert Stevenson. Tyler Kinley is able to give you an out of the bullpen. Alex Galmay gives up a run in his inning but Daniel Bart able to close the door and get a save in for the Colorado Rockies. Good news for them is that they were really able to go deep off of this bullpen as Adon Sanchez, they wound up giving up a home run. Garrett Ampson, first home run season as Sanchez gives up seven runs, six of which were earned in his four and a third innings. It's been a rough go of it for him. And then Josh Rogers and Kyle Finnegan, both going inning, both wind up giving up a bomb as going deep. Randall Gritchick, fourth home run season. And then Brendan Rogers, he goes deep off of another Rogers. For his first home run season, so we've got Rodgers on Rodgers' crime here. As Austin both Steve Ciszek, they combined to be able to give you a scoreless setting. And for the Nationals, they actually entered into this game, I believe, 6-6 six and six on the road. So they wound up declining there. The Cleveland Guardians able to get it done against the Toronto Blue Jays by kind of 6-5. And all of a sudden, the Guardians have been able to claw their way back a little bit more. This is a team that has now been able to win five out of their last six games. For the Blue Jays, Jose Barrios. 
Not a good start. And with Barrios, you either get really, really good Barrios or you get really, really bad Barrios. It's not anything in the middle. Six runs given up in four and a third innings, including a bomb to Stephen Kwan, his first of the season. From there, the bullpen did their part. Trevor Richards gives you two scoreless settings and you get one and a third scoreless out of Casey Lawrence. But for the Cleveland Guardians, they were able to get just enough out of their bullpen as the Blue Jays go one of ten with men in scoring position. Nick Sandlin out of the bullpen gives up a home run in one and a third innings going deep off of him. Alejandro Kirk, don't call my name, his first home run of the season. And then Vlad Guerrero Jr. goes deep off of Aaron Savali, his seventh for Savali. Another rough start for him, gives up four runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Brian Shaw and Emmanuel Classe, though. It will give you scoreless eighth and ninth innings. And for the Guardians, they go four of eight with men in scoring position to be able to get this one done. We have to talk about the biggest collapse of the night. And that is actually relatively impressive considering the Red Sox were in a 0-0 game and then wound up giving up eight from there. But... The Philadelphia Phillies were up six runs going into the top of the ninth inning, and they lose to the New York Metropolitans by kind of 8-7. to seven. This is a Phillies team that they got Brad Hand, Jersich Familia, and Corey Knable in the offseason, and they still made like your buddy at the bar and could not wind up closing. ESPN wound up having at one point the Phillies being in the bottom of the eighth inning, 99.9% to be able to win this game, and... Well, they blew it. Taiwan Walker, he's very lucky to get a no decision in this one. Seven runs, six of which were earned over the course of four innings as he wound up getting taken deep multiple times. Bryce Harper, fifth home run season to Cassianos, his fourth and Aaron Nola, he's going to get a tough no decision here as he was pretty super. Gives up a solo home run over the course of seven innings, taking him deep. He wound up having Mr. Sterling Marte of the Marte Parte, his third home run season. Then the floodgates opened up. Francisco Lindor in the ninth inning gets a home run off of James Norwood, his fifth home run season as Norwood gets one out, gives up four runs, all of which were earned, and then Canable. He gives up three runs, all of which were earned in two-thirds of an inning, as Jurisich Familia pitches a scoreless inning himself, but for the Phillies, four of 16 with men in scoring position, and to the credit of the Mets bullpen, you did wind up having two and two-thirds scoreless out of Adinas Medina, Jason Shreve gives you four outs out of the bullpen, and then Edwin Diaz, he probably didn't expect to come into this game, he was able to give you a scoreless setting as well. So the Phillies with one of the biggest collapses of the season, and for the Phillies, now 11-15 and on a three-game losing streak, and this one just stings. You wind up having the Minnesota Twins blow a little bit of a game against the Baltimore Orioles as they wind up falling by kind of 5-3. to three. As for the Baltimore Orioles, they were able to get a rare home run late to be able to win this one as they wind up getting a bomb out of Austin the Sage kid in the 8th inning out of Vito Mess with Johan Duran. It's their home run season. By the way, the Orioles entered into this game with, I believe... 10 home runs all season long. They wound up being able to get 5 in this one. Ode Mateo able to go deep off of Caleb Theobar. His first home run of the season. Ryan Moncastle gets his 3rd and 4th home runs of the season. As Jordan gives one up to him for the 4th. And then Chris Archer winds up giving up his 3rd. And then Cedric Mullins gets one off of Chris Archer. His 4th home run season for Archer. Gives up 2 solo home runs over the course of 4 innings. Caleb Theobar, he gives up a solo run in his inning. Griffin Jacks doesn't get Jacks up one and two-thirds inning scoreless, but Duran, he gives up two solo runs in two-thirds of an inning before you get a pair of outs out of Giovanni Morin. And by the way, all five of the Orioles runs on solo home runs as Byron Buxton. He wound up having the big shot in this one for the Twins. He gets his eighth home run season off of Spencer Watkins, who gives up three runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings. But then from there, Felix Batista and Brian Baker combined for two scoreless innings. Ore Lopez gets a four-out win as he doesn't allow anything. And Paul Fry, a scoreless inning as well. The Tampa Bay Rays are able to take down the Seattle Mariners by a count of 4-3. to three. As Robbie Ray having a little bit of a rough season thus far. 4.30 ADRA, 
Gives up four runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings, including home run going deep for the Tampa Bay race. Mike Zanino was as cold as an igloo about seven days ago. He now gets his third home run season, and for Shane McClanahan, not a great start, not a terrible start. Gives up two runs in five and a third innings, including homer going deep off of him. Jesse Winker, his first home run since coming over from Cincinnati. You wound up having Adam Frazier get one off of Colin Pooch as well. His first of the season for Pooch, one and a third innings, giving up that home run. You also did wind up having Brooks Raley give you a scoreless inning to be able to get the save, and Jason Adam was able to give you four outs out of the bullpen as the Mariners' bullpen was pretty solid. Paul Seawalt scoreless inning. He winds up striking out the side on 16 pitches, and Eric Swanson was able to give you four outs out of the bullpen as well. You wound up getting no shortage of runs from the St. Louis Cardinals as they wound up taking down the San Francisco Giants in a bullpen game by a count of 7-1. For the Cardinals, Miles Mikolas. Miles Mikolas. Buck 53 ERA thus far this season. Five and two-thirds innings. Does give up seven hits and three walks, but evades danger, giving up just one run as the Giants. They leave 10 men on base. This was not a terrific night for their offense. And then from there, Nick Whitgren and Cody Whitley both give you a scoreless inning, and Andre Palate was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless. Yadier Molina wound up having a deep shot in this one. His first RBI of the season, first home run of the season. That winds coming off of Zach Liddell as he did wind up having a scoreless inning to begin out of Mauricio Lovero. From there, Liddell winds up giving up that home run over the course of two innings. He takes the L. But it was really Jake McGee who gave up three runs in two-thirds of an inning and Jose Alvarez who gave up two runs in a third of an inning that really put the scene behind the eight ball. John Brebo was able to give you a scoreless inning. Gregory Santos gives you five outs out of the bullpen. You do have Taylor Rogers give up a run in a third of an inning, but Sammy Long, Jarlon Garcia, they both give you a scoreless inning, but nothing doing for the San Francisco Giants lineup as the St. Louis Cardinals now find themselves at 15-10, and 10. and for the St. Louis Cardinals, this is a team that they've been able to get a little bit hot recently as they've now been able to win four out of their last five games. You also wound up having the Houston Astros not be able to cover the run line, but they wind up getting the money line win by kind of 3-2 to two as this was a game that got very interesting late as the Astros were up 2-0 to zero from the 5th inning until the ninth inning and in the ninth inning. Jamer Candelario has been very, very bad this year. He winds up being able to get his second home run of the campaign as for the Houston Astros. This was a great start out of Jose Urquidy. Six scoreless innings, Hector Neris, Rafael Montero. They will give you both a scoreless inning and Ryan Presley. Just came off the bullpen, and he winds up giving up that home run, giving up two runs in an inning, but you wound up having the team get rescued late in this one as Kyle Tucker was able to get the RBI to win it, and earlier in the game, Jose Altuve winds up going deep off for Tariq Skubal, third home run season, and Skubal gives one up to Jeremy Pena. Sixth home run season as for Skubal, gives up two solo home runs over the course of six innings, not too bad there. Willie Peralta, two scoreless innings out of the bullpen, and then Gregory Soto winds up giving up that run without getting a single out. That winds up costing the team the game, and if you're taking a look at what we're all getting in Major League Baseball right now, it has been very intriguing, and one of the most intriguing stories, how about the San Diego Padres? They wind up taking down the Miami Marlins by kind of 2-1, to one as Asus Cesardo, a little bit of a tough luck loser, does wind up giving up two home runs in six innings, but both were solo shots. Manny Machado got both of them. Sixth and seventh home runs of the season, and Nick Martinez, who has come over from Japan, one run given up in seven innings. From there, Luis Garcia, Tyler Rogers, they both give you a scoreless inning, and for the Miami Marlins, Anthony Bass has the hook line and sinker with a scoreless inning, and then Anthony Bender and Stephen Okert were both able to give you a scoreless inning as well, as that was a under, and there weren't too many of them out of the 10 games that we wound up seeing on Thursday. Only three of them wound up going under the total, and 
take a look at it. You really didn't have too many underdogs being able to come through. The Mets did. The Cleveland Guardians certainly did. And hey, Baltimore Orioles, they were a little bit of an underdog. They came through. Cardinals a little bit more of a pick em line. But with that said, what we've been seeing in Major League Baseball has been that the overs in the last seven days, and we're going to talk about this with Justin Perry, they're starting to make a little bit of a surge. 49 overs to 35 unders in the last seven days. Perhaps books have overcorrected 58.3% with that regard. And in this time span, underdogs 36 and 50 straight up, hitting at about 42%. So they've been able to rise up a little bit more as you take a look at the season to date. Underdogs 145 and 226, hitting at right around a 39.1% clip. But the big thing with favorites, they aren't covering the run line. You've had 226 favorites in total wins straight up, but 53 of these games have come by one run as favorites on the run line, 173 and 202. And if you're looking at away favorites, they've been much better at being able to cover the run line because they're currently 81 and 50 straight up and they have been able to cover the run line 69 of those times. So really the... Home favorites have had a tough time being able to cover that, and overall for the season, unders still hitting at a 55.2%, 195, and 158. So that's what we're all seeing in baseball right now, and let's get a look at just how bad the Cincinnati Reds team, how to gauge totals, and much more with our good friend Justin Perry of Odds Checker. He is going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Craig Peterson, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, 
You can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Eason Family Podcast, and it's great to be joined by our guests as this man does a terrific job taking a look at baseball for a couple different places. Number Edge along with Odds Checker. He also does some work with Moment Ranks as this guy is one that does quite a bit with regards to NFTs as well. So man is very well versed. Guy does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. We've got Justin Perry on the podcast. You're able to follow him on Twitter at his first and last name, Justin Perry. And Perry is spelled P-E-R-R-I. So an I instead of a Y there and then. The number eight at the back half of that. And Justin, 
It is great to have you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Greg, it is a pleasure to be here. So excited to join the show. I am a big fan. Love the way you break it down and excited to uh, chat a little bit about baseball. And I'm excited to have you aboard as well. And it has been a very exciting season with regards to baseball. If you've been betting unders, if you've been betting overs, it's been a little bit of a miserable run. But I'm sure that you've noticed, much like I have in the last seven days, it seems like the tide has been turning a little bit too much. Seems like the numbers have gone down a little bit too far with regards to these totals. And we've seen more overs begin to hit. How are you gauging totals right now? Because I do think that when it comes to baseball totals, and it's not just exclusive to this year, but it's really good to zag while others are zigging. You wind up seeing a hot week on unders. You wind up jumping on overs. You wind up seeing a hot week on overs. That's when you are able to find a little bit of value on unders. That's just personally what I've noticed the last few years in general with regards to betting baseball. I'm not sure if you are the same way, and obviously you don't want to be just blind betting in general, but I do notice that when you do wind up seeing one thing wind up hitting with regards to overs and unders for like a week or two if you wind up taking the opposite typically it works out pretty well for you yeah no i definitely agree there is a little bit of that recency bias right everybody starts getting a little excited about the way things feel like they're going and the books maybe adapt and shade towards that side and all of a sudden again like we're seeing in the last few days some runs are coming in and it's great i like the more exciting games we're still seeing some teams get like zeros, but we've seen a lot of like single team hitting overs in the last couple of days, especially. So my approach to that is really kind of to ignore the noise. I, I approach the game, you know, trying to take out that recency bias. I think I've still been playing a good amount of overs this week, actually, and, and doing pretty well. But it's definitely been interesting. There's a lot of talk about the humidors. There's a lot of talk about the baseball. I mean, you know, there's so much going on right now. There wasn't much spring training. I'm really just starting to feel comfortable right now and feel like, you know, after this first four weeks, we can kind of start getting a real feel for it. As things wind up getting warmer out there in the northeast part of the country, the Midwest, Ball said maybe they would have went to the wall. They would have died at the warning track. They just go a little bit farther as you wind up getting those warmer and warmer temperatures, even a rise of like five degrees from the beginning of the season. That does make a little bit of an impact as well. I'm personally someone that I like unders at the beginning of the season. And as we wind up getting into the summer months, it becomes a little bit more hitting season. And well, when you wind up playing against this team, it's always hitting season. The one team that has been very good to the over this year has been the Cincinnati Reds because I'm not even kidding here. Their starters ERA is right now north of an 890. It has been absolutely ridiculous. They are 3-22 and right now. Is there any way humanly possible that we could back the Reds within the next few days? Because I actually think that at some point there is going to be a buy point on the Reds. But right now, this is one of these situations in which I need to lose a bet on them on the money line slash the run line before I could start trusting them. Because right now, if you've been fading the Cincinnati Reds, even if you might have taken a loss or two, you're playing with house money with just all the winnings that you've gotten. All you've taken is a loss or two. That's it, right? So yeah, you're, you're doing pretty well out here. Reds, I think people might have a little bit of the impression that they can't hit. It's really, like you said, it's that pitching. So I think if you're going to keep going at them, you want to fade the pitching. I'm looking at the total already to go over at, you know, the Great American Ballpark, which is one of the better hitting environments in baseball already. I do believe there's expected to be a wind blowing out too. And that was one of the things that I, I, you know, find to be pretty profitable. A decent place to bet overs. Can't trust the bullpen. You can't trust even their, you know, their number two draft pick who throws 101 miles an hour because he throws it straight at the plate. We saw leadoff home runs back to back, right? And it was just 
they had a three run lead and you can get plus 120 against them. I was kind of shocked the book hung that one, but they can't hold anything. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you there. As we do have Justin Perry joining me on the podcast. And that's exactly where I am going to be looking for this game between the Reds and the Pirates. The total is set at eight and a half. And you got JT Brubaker on the other side. And you mentioned it with the Reds. The pitching is absolutely atrocious right now. The hitting It's not dead last. I mean, I'd be lying here if we called them like the 27 Yankees or anything like that. But you do take a look at the Cincinnati Reds and they've been able to generate a few more runs recently. There are a couple teams like the Detroit Tigers, the Kansas City Royals. They're on par with them with how bad the offense is, Baltimore Orioles as well. And when you face off against a guy, JT Brubaker, last year, wound up having a north of six ERA on the road. I do think that runs are going to be a plenty. I personally have been taking a lot of Reds run lines, fading them in that manner and taking the run line of the other team. This is one of which I'll probably look a little bit more at the money line because you got Connor Overton on the other side for the Pittsburgh Pirates who... He actually was a part of the Pirates organization last season, so he's going to be going for the Reds against Brew Baker. And the way that I'm going to play this is a little bit more conservatively on the money line because with the Pirates, they aren't the worst team in baseball, but they're still not very good. And I think that there's a good chance that this could wind up being a one-run game just because both teams wind up getting to the opposing pitching, which is not good on both sides. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think that's how you got to approach it. I have a hard time personally, one of my philosophies. I've had trouble with taking run lines on favorites, but this is probably one of the most comfortable cases. And if anything, even going a little bit bigger because that bullpen can't really hold a lead. I mean, we were talking about minus three and a half today amongst some of my betting colleagues, and we hit that because they just they couldn't hold anything. However you want to try to fade this pitching, the only thing is I maybe wouldn't look at unders on strikeout props for them because they're going to leave these guys in even if they get hit up. Like a, a bad inning isn't getting anyone pulled because this team isn't competitive. They're probably giving their guys looks to try to improve. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I do think that you have to factor in, to your point, about the bullpen. The fact that the Reds wound up not even getting a full three innings out of Hunter Green. And last few days, they just haven't gotten any length whatsoever out of their starters. So these guys like Art Warren, Hunter Strickland, they're being used for way more innings than they should. And if there's one way in which I would not look to fade the Reds here, it would probably be on that first five. If you're looking for any way humanly possible to back them, I think a first five look would be much better than a full game because one of the strengths of the Pirates as well is taking a look at their bullpen, which I believe has won every single one of their games for them. And that's actually a very good angle if you're looking at a full game. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm hard-pressed to try to take them (laughs) when the odds are almost even. But yeah, in the situations where you get massive lines against them, I definitely think you could look at them in the first five, if at all. Yep, I'm right there with you. It certainly is fascinating to take a look at a team that's 3-22 and right now and on pace for between 19 and 20 wins because you just don't see it very often. But but if we wind up talking about some teams that are actually going to be competing for the postseason, as we do have quite a few of those. And as we do this podcast, there are a couple games in which have to be determined pitchers. The San Francisco Giants have yet to settle on their guy, the Atlanta Braves as well. So that does cause for a little bit of issue. But with that said, we do have a few interesting games that are going to be going down. And I'm very fascinated by what we're going to be able to get out there in the city of Cleveland as Shane Bieber fever is going to be going for the Guardians and Kevin Gosman is on the mound for the Blue Jays. And 
With the Blue Jays, I want to make them a little bit of a favorite just because the ancillary pieces around Kevin Gosman, no question. They're better than that of the Guardians, but I think that this has went a little bit too far. I'm seeing the Blue Jays anywhere between minus 135 and minus 145. Shane Bieber needs to get used to not getting necessarily a whole heck of a lot of run support because the Guardians seem to be one of the more feats or famine teams that I've seen in quite a long time. But I think being able to get north of a plus 120-year on Shane Bieber and the Guardians is relatively solid value. Not sure if you've got any sort of a take on this game, but I thought it was a little bit curious that the Blue Jays wound up being this big of a favorite. Yeah, first opinion when I saw this line was that it's a little bit too big, especially you know with the home team leading as we're sitting here talking about it right now and driving in some runs. They have been hitting right-handed pitching pretty well this season. A lot of those numbers are from those some of those massive run-ups in the beginning of the year where they were like scoring 30 runs in two games. But at the other end of it, they can still produce. They do have some young pieces and they've definitely been one of the better home teams. A lot of people are probably going to be going on the Jays because a lot of people have that narrative that they don't lose back-to-back. We saw it happen for the first time against the Yankees the other day. I'm probably with you. I think that, you know, getting anything like plus 140 tomorrow would be great value. Bieber has had some trouble. You know, you go look at his expected numbers. They actually don't look that great. He gave up a lot of hits in his two starts last week. I think he probably could see some positive regression. Uh, It isn't like his expected numbers are that terrible. He has a 3.29 expected ERA, so he still should perform pretty well. But yeah, I don't have a strong take. I don't have anything down for this one just yet officially. I don't blame you there as we do have Justin Perry joining me on the podcast. He does great work with Odd Checker and so many other platforms. And Justin, something else I've noticed this season is Taking a look at one team in particular, there just seems to be a lot of steam moves on them, and that would be the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins in their game against the San Diego Padres for Friday wind up sending out their San Diego Contra going up against Hugh Darvish. The Marlins opened up a plus 130, and as we're doing this podcast, I'm finding them anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110, and this is really par for the course for the Marlins. You wind up seeing 25-plus point cent moves on this team, and I mean, I would say that at plus 130, solid value on the Miami Marlins, but I take a look at the way that they wind up getting steamed. At this point, I've just been taking the approach of waiting until first pitch, and if I want to fade them, just wind up taking the team that I'm looking to fade them with and just take them like a few minutes before first pitch. I'm not sure if you've been noticing this and have been doing this at all, but I find it so curious that the Marlins get these sort of seam moves because typically you do wind up finding a chic team or two. I just can't recall on a every single day basis a team getting this much steam this early in the season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. It has been a, an interesting team to watch in terms of seeing how essentially like, you know, the market handles the movement on them. And I don't think you know, the Padres are maybe as strong as some people like to think they aren't this type of different lineup that was what it did last year with um Man, I'm struggling. Fernando Tatis Jr. I can't remember. Thank you so much. He hasn't played a game in a minute, so it slipped my mind. But yeah, since Tatis Jr. isn't around, they just aren't really as powerful. I know Machado has been getting a lot of hits, but I think that we can see some different types of approaches from this Miami bullpen. Every Not bullpen, from the pitching staff. Everybody really likes this staff, right? Pedro Lopez, Alicantra, they have Lizardo. So people really like the pitching, and I think people get hung up on that, and that might be why it gets steamed down. They're also hitting... Uh, right-handed pitching really well. So maybe people think that they're going to be able to do well against you, Darvish, who hasn't exactly looked great. 
there's a lot of things here. I'm actually not touching this one, though, Greg. Right. If it will be the opener minus 150 that we wound up seeing on the San Diego Padres, I'd be in full agreement that there's no way you could touch a Padres at that big of a number. But when you wind up getting a nice 25, 30 cent discount in, heck, who knows? Maybe if we wind up having this posted in the AM, this might even go even further. Then it winds up becoming a little bit more of a play, as we do have Justin Barry joining me on the podcast. And Justin, I think that those are a couple curious games. Like I said, as we're doing this, we do have a couple games that are off the board with to be determined pitchers, but we've talked about some of the most trendy things in baseball, to say the least. Is there a game or two that you're right now seeing on the board that catches your eye, whether it be from a betting perspective or just maybe a team or pitcher that you want to see a little bit more from? Just take some notes and maybe target a few bets later on in the season on them. There's definitely a couple games that have my eye in both respects. I mean, betting-wise, I'm definitely looking to see how this Tampa Bay-Seattle series is going to open because with Gilbert on the mound, Seattle is favored. I tend to agree with that, and I think it's probably not going to be the worst price here at the open. Minus 125 on the Mariners looks pretty nice. I could see them continue to do well at home. They are one of the best well, not the best, but one of the teams that has like the strongest home away split right now in terms of their bats. They do very well at their home field. They haven't been producing away from home. I think they're pretty comfortable and Gilbert has looked good. Another interesting game here for me that I'm, I'm looking maybe to continue backing you know, the surprising surge of the Diamondbacks against the Colorado Rockies. This is a meeting between these NL West teams that both have, you know, 14, 13 wins right now that I didn't think anybody was expecting. I wasn't expecting this. So this is kind of a very interesting series with how these teams are positioned right now in, you know, the best division in baseball by winning percentage. So I'm excited for that. I do think that Arizona at home is a, another interesting option. The pitching has been electric for them. Those two are the ones that my eye is on the most. Yep, I do think that that's going to be very interesting to take a look at. The Arizona Diamondbacks have actually won seven out of their last nine games, all as a plus 145 or greater underdog. So they've certainly been able to get quite a bit of money for you. That's uh, between minus 135 and minus 145 might start to be getting a little bit too lofty on the snakes. As them as an underdog has been very good. Thing in the years and the Diamondbacks as a favorite the last few years and has been a little bit more of a roll of the dice. What is not a roll of the dice is knowing what you're going to be able to get out of Justin, though. Justin, you do absolutely amazing work when it comes to baseball. I know you've got a lot of irons in the fire. I know that you wind up working for quite a few different platforms, putting out great information. So let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yo, thank you so much, Greg. Yeah, it's a busy world out there doing a lot of fun stuff. Uh, You can catch all of my picks right now through the Number Edge Discord where I, you know, work as a data analyst. And then also, if you're interested in the other content, you can catch Moment Ranks on YouTube. We do a lot of cool stuff over there. And of course, I'm always on Twitter. As you said, it's Justin Perry 8 Appreciate being here, Greg. It was an absolute pleasure. Justin doing absolutely amazing work. Does a nice job taking a look at baseball. And does some work out there in the NFT world as well. Great to get him aboard. Was the first time we wound up having him on. Hopefully it's not the last because I thoroughly enjoyed the chat with him. Justin doing great work. So a big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. And now it is that time of the podcast coming up next. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. 
365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, 
the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. 
So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to get Justin Perry on the podcast. He's doing a great job over there at Number Edge Odds Checker US. He's also over there with Momentum Ranks. So he is a man that is doing a wide variety of things. And it was great to get him on the podcast today. So big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore D1. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom, so that'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And this first game, we do have a little bit of a TBD starter, and we actually have quite a few TBD starters, especially in the National League, so you'll need to bear with me a little bit, so I might cause for a few changes to the spreadsheet in the AMS. We go 901-902 here on the betting board. The LA Dodgers hit the road to face off against the Chicago Cubs. Right now, the Cubs have a to-be-determined starter. I myself wound up going with Drew Smiley. It sounds like he's going to be off the bereavement list, but that is still a little bit DBD. And for the Dodgers, it's going to be Tyler Anderson. Assuming that we get Mr. Smiley, I wound up setting this line at the Dodgers being a minus 186 favorite. Willing to lay up to a minus 120 on the run line. It's up my total at a 7.3, which means a 7 or lower looking over, 7.5 or higher. I'd be taking a look at the under end. When it comes to what we're going to be able to get out of the Chicago Cubs, it's been an offense that has been averaging right around five runs per game, but those numbers are a little bit deceitful because they wound up having that big 21-run outburst against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and so much of the handicap when it comes to totals at Wrigley Field is the wind, and it's going to be blowing in on this day. It's probably going to be varying a little bit, but 
that is going to be a little bit of an issue. And if it does wind up being Drew Smiley, that actually helps him out. He wound up giving up right around 1.7 home runs per nine innings. So that would be solid. And if it's not going to be Drew Smiley, by the way, you got to figure that. It's going to be like Sean Newcomb, Chris Martin, and some sort of a bullpen game. Maybe Michael Rucker winds up getting some innings. And these guys will probably see some innings. And Cubs bullpen, it hasn't been great. It hasn't been terrible. With that said, it is one that I do think is probably going to be regressing a little bit because you take a look at what you've been able to get out of this bullpen throughout the entirety of the season. And even if you do wind up getting Drew Smiley out there, it's probably going to be a situation in which you are going to be having at least three innings filled by the bullpen, if not a little bit more. And, and it's a bunch of, they've been able to do an okay job giving up right around a league average ERA with regards to the bullpen. But the big thing for the Chicago Cubs is being able to get some of these bats online that were so good at the beginning of the season. Ian Happ, he's selling right around to 295 for this team, an on-base percentage north of a 400. But you take a look past Ian Happ, and you really don't have much else because the only other guy that is seeing consistent at-bats right now is C.E. Suzuki, who's been able to give you four home runs, but he's been stuck on that number for a while, hitting about a 250, and then you take a look past that. Jason Hayward has been able to do an okay job of being able to get on base. Jonathan VR is hitting right around a 280-ish. Patrick Wisdom has been able to give you five home runs right around a 300 on base. He just winds up striking out a little bit too much. 34 punch-outs in 24 games. That's not necessarily too great. And then you take a look at the LA Dodgers. You do have some up and down bats as this has been one of the better under teams out there in all baseball. But you know that these guys are going to be able to turn around. Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, both of these guys have four home runs. Bellinger only hitting right around a 205. And you got Justin Turner and Max Muncy both thing below the Mendoza line of 200, but Chris Taylor coupled with Freddie Freeman are both hitting above a 290. Trey Turner down for what? One of the best base dealers that you're going to find in all of baseball. He's been able to hit right around 260. Kevin Lux has a 360 on base along with Will Smith, who has been a little bit in and out of the lineup this season, so that is something that you want to watch for, but for the Dodgers, this team has the ultimate bullpen while the Cubs are relatively average. This Dodgers bullpen, you know what you're going to be able to get out of them. Reyes Maranta along with Craig Kimbrell are dominant. Phil Bickford has been able to give you some good innings. Bursado Gratterall, Danny Hudson and all these guys do an amazing job, even with Blake trying out of the fold. And you do take a look at what you're able to get out of Mr. Anderson. And I like what I've seen out of him this season. Wanna making two long relief appearances of four innings. And in his two starts, he's given up a combined three runs in nine and two-thirds innings. Someone who, for his career, his walks per nine rate has been very solid in recent years, giving up fewer than really two and a half walks per nine innings. So in this spot, assuming that we wind up getting Drew Smiley against Tyler Anderson, I did wind up saying the Dodgers minus 122 on the run line, minus 186 on the money line and seven or less looking over seven half or higher to the under with regards to the total. 903-904 on the betting board. The booby Pittsburgh Pirates at the red face off against the really poopy Cincinnati Reds. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. The Reds are an underdog. Find them anywhere between even money to a minus 105, seeing a plus 105 out there as well with the Reds. And with the Pirates, you're pretty much lying anywhere between minus 113 and minus 20 as it stands right now. This might wind up going up in the AM. But that said, that's what we've got right now. 8.5 is your total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. JT Brubaker over the last two years has a north of 6 ERA on the road, and I'm still not willing to take the Cincinnati Reds. Now, Connor Overton wound up having a nice start against the Colorado Rockies, giving up one run over the course of five and a third innings. That should give you a little bit of hope, and rockly enough, he was actually with the Pittsburgh Pirates last season, wanted making three starts for him. A 31 ERA. Connor Overton at the minor league level, he just didn't get a ton of reps. He wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. Someone who he's not going to light the world on fire. He is someone that is able to give you a couple punch outs, but can have his issues with regards to command, so that's a little bit of an issue for J.T. Brubaker. I mean, this guy is all over the place. You take a look at what he wound up doing on the road last season. Six 
78 ERA on giving up 18 bombs in 65 innings, but who for the Cincinnati Reds are going to be able to hit those bombs? I feel bad for someone like a Brandon Drury because he's been given an honest effort this year, hitting right around a 230. He's been able to give the team four home runs, but you take a look at the guys that wound up getting in at bat for the Reds yesterday. Aside from Albert Armora Jr., who I think now has four at-bats for the season, Matt Reynolds is the only guy that wound up leading the game with a batting average above a 260. Tommy Pham's been able to pick it up a little bit for the team, but it's a really sad state of affairs. The Reds lead the big leagues with regards to bullpen ERA, and their starters ERA is an 892. I mean, it's so bad. You've got Dottie Moretta out there in the bullpen. And by the way, the Reds had to really burn through their bullpen. Philip Deal, Luis Sessa, all these guys, they wound up getting used up yesterday. So that is really putting this team behind the eight ball. Lucas Sims has been used quite a bit under Strickland. Art Warren, I mean, man, you don't have much there. And for the Pirates, I believe every one of their 10 wins has come from the bullpen this year. David Benara has been very good for this team. Anthony Bond is back in the fold. Zach Thompson is now being utilized out of the bullpen. He's able to give you multiple innings. J.C. Young, he's someone that can be a little bit of a roll of the dice, but he's able to lend a little bit of length. And for the Pirates, they get on base. They really don't have a lot of power, but they're able to get on base. You do have Brian Reynolds, who has had a rough year last year at a 300. This year, more like a 220. But Cabrian Ace and Vogelback, both of these guys are hitting north of a 290. Not sure why Vogelback is hitting lead. Off, but he's got four home runs this season. Michael Javis, three bombs. He's hitting at 275. And Ben Gamble, now hitting at 275 as well. I give the edge to the Pirates here. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 138. This is just one of those cases in which you're pretty much playing with house money if you've been fading the Reds. And I'm going to continue to do so. The question becomes, do you wind up playing it conservatively on the money line? Because the Reds have only covered the run line twice in their last 20 games. Right now, I'm seeing that run line price anywhere between a plus 140 and a plus 145. I personally think that there's a good chance that this game does wind up landing on one run because I think that both of these pitchers are going to give up some runs. Set my total at an 8.8. Reds have played eight other last nine games of the over, so I'm going to ride that over. And with that said, I'm going to play conservatively. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Pirates on the money line just because I do think that with Brubaker out there on the mound, this might wind up landing one. 9-5, 9-6 on the banking board. The Philadelphia Phillies going to be playing us in New York Metropolitans. And Max Scherzer is going to be going for the Mets. And Kyle Gibson is on the bump for the Phillies. The Mets find themselves anywhere between minus 126 and minus 140. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Phillies, it's anywhere between plus 115 and plus 127 is your total. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. And with Mad Max and company, want to make the Mets a minus 152 favorite. Really like what I've seen out of the Metropolitans all season long. And for Kyle Gibson, he's been able to do a relatively solid job, but you do have to keep caution of the walks. Last year, wound up having a little bit north of three walks per nine innings. Wasn't necessarily the same pitcher outside of the state of Texas. So that is a tad bit of an issue. And you just take a look at what you're able to get out of this Mets lineup. Francisco Lindor looking a little bit more like the man that we wound up seeing in Cleveland. Hitting a little bit over at 250 thus far this season. He's been able to give you four home runs. You've got a guy in Pete Alonso who last year led all of baseball in terms of home runs on the road last season going into what we wound up getting on Thursday. 21 RBI, 260 batting average, Jeff McNeil. He and Mark Can are both hitting well above a 300 as well. So it's a very formidable Mets lineup. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, Kyle Schwarber needs to do more with the batting average. But with that said, he certainly has been able to do a good job of being able to go yard for this team with six home runs. Alec Bohm, Nick Cassianos, both of these guys are hitting above at 285. Odubo Herrera, Yohan Camargo when he's been out there. These guys have been able to get on base as well. JT Riumito has been solid. But the issues that you've got with both of these teams really do stem to the bullpen. As the Phillies have been one of the worst teams with regards to bullpen ERA all season long. And even with Brad Ann being picked up, you bring in Corey Knable. You also have 
Jurisdiction Familia. It's been a little bit of a rough going for, for them because they still have guys like Sir Anthony Dominguez and company. And for the Mets, it is a little bit of a roll the dice with this team as well. They didn't necessarily get the start that they wanted out of Taiwan Walker. And, well, you're going to be relying a lot on guys like Drew Smith, Jason Shreve, because in the offseason, they lost the aforementioned Familia. They wind up losing Aaron Loop. So, I mean, they did wind up losing quite a few key pieces from that bullpen, but I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that it's really interesting what we've got here with regards to a starting pitching matchup, because, I mean, I don't think that Kyle Gibson is necessarily too bad, but that said, I do think that he's doing for a little bit of regression, especially with his strikeouts, 26 punch outs in 27 and two-thirds innings, and Matt Max Scherzer just continues to be Matt Max Scherzer, 31 innings, 42 punch outs, just nine walks in the process, giving up right around five hits per nine innings. I think that he's going to be dominant once again, so I want him setting this a little bit north of minus 140 on the money line for the New York Metropolitans. I wound up saying them as a minus 152 favorite. So I'm going to be willing to lay the money line if you're looking at the run line, by the way. You're finding that right around a plus 125. I'd rather play it safe here on the money line to wind up saying my total at a 7.3 because I do think that both of the offenses are going to be able to get a little bit of something going and Philadelphia becoming just a tad bit more pitcher friendly as we wind up getting into the summer months. So looking over and I'm looking at the Mets. 907, 908 on the Bang board. The Milwaukee Brewers at the road to face off against the Atlanta Braves. Right now, it is good old to be determined for the Atlanta Braves, and Eric Lauer is going to be going from the Brewers, and I'm taking a look at this, and right now, I'm hearing a lot of people thinking that Spencer Strider is going to wind up getting the start for the Atlanta Braves, and if it is Strider against Lauer, I would be setting the Brewers as a minus 124 favor. Now, the Brewers, the last few weeks, have been inflated with regards to their numbers because they went up against the poopy Pittsburgh Pirates, the Chicago Cubs, and also the Cincinnati Reds, but that said, if they do wind up going up against Strider, he's been solid this year, but really didn't pitch past double A, and you can't expect him to necessarily give you a bunch of length. He has come in for some long relief appearances, giving you between three and four innings in those, and as far as he's given up four runs over the course of 12 and a third innings, the strikeout numbers are great, but also nine walks in 12 and two-thirds innings, and it's guy really didn't pitch too much from like 2019 until this season because he wound up having Tommy John surgery, wound up being in college, didn't get a lot of reps at the minor league level, and Eric Lauer, just under the radar, has been terrific for the Milwaukee Brewers. A man that has given up five earned runs over the course of 23 and a third innings, and you look at his last three starts, six innings, six innings, seven innings against the Pirates, Phillies, and Cubs, and combined two runs given up in those. He has given up 24 strikeouts in those last two starts as well, so he has been doing an amazing job, and for the Brewers. You've got all of your workhorse arms out there in the bullpen ready to go. Josh Hader along Devin Williams at one-two punch. They've got those guys already. Brad Boxberger is able to give you some innings as well. Now with the Brewers, it is an offense that can be a little bit feast or famine. Rowdy Tellas wound up just absolutely destroying the Cincinnati Reds in that last series. He's currently got seven over on 22 RBIs. There you get 275. There's going to be a regression with that. And he's right now the only guy that has seen really more than 20 at-bats for the Brewers that's hitting above a 250. But Gotta expect that Christian Yelich is gonna be able to get a little bit more online and was able to do so in that series against the Cincinnati Reds. He and William Adamas have a combined 37 RBI and Adamas now up to eight home runs. So it's an offense that's starting to come alive for the Brewers and for the Atlanta Braves. You have no fear with regards to this offense because you do have Marcelo Zuno. He's been able to do a solid job for this team this season. Give you four home runs has taken a little bit of a dive here in recent weeks, but I do think that he's gonna be a little bit more resurgent. You've got Ozzy Albies and Austin Riley, a combined 13 
16 home runs between these two gentlemen. Ozzy Albies only hitting right around at 220 for the scene, but Riley sitting at 270. Matt Olson nearly a 400 on base. Danzy Swanson after a rough start to the season. He's starting to get online, and then you do have some good bullpen arms for the team as well. Tyler Mazek, AJ Minter. These guys have been able to come in, and they have been able to do a very solid job, but I do take a look at this spot, and if you do wind up getting Spencer Strider, like I'm seeing right now against Eric Lauer, I'd be making Eric Lauer a minus 124 favorite. I do think that both of these teams would be able to put up some runs. Set my total at an 8.1 if it does wind up being Strider against Lauer, and if it does wind up being some sort of a bullpen game with regards to this one, it would probably be relatively similar on the Atlanta Braves. We'll probably make the Brewers just a slight bit more of a favorite, but that's sort of a depends on the situation sort of ordeal, but right now what I'm looking at, Strider versus Lauer, minus 124 on the Brewers, and an 8 or lower looking over 8.5 prior to the under with regards to this total. 909, 9.10 on the betting board. We head to the DK Nation pick as the Colorado Rockies hit the road faceoff against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Merrill Kelly is going to be going for the D-backs, and Chad Cool hopes to be as cool as the other side of the pillow for the Rockies. Total on this game is anywhere between 8 and 8.5. On the 8.5 over and under are both at minus 110. On the 8, the over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. With the snakes, you're finding them anywhere between minus 135 and minus 147. Plus price here on Colorado is anywhere between plus 125 and plus 137. I do see a little bit of an edge here with the Colorado Rockies. I want to make in this line a minus 126. So, an earth of 126. We'll take a shot here on Colorado. A lot of places we're finding right in that realm of about a 130. So, I think we've went a little bit too far in Arizona because I do like the way that Merrill Kelly pitches at home, and that's the basis of the DK Nation pick, which is the under. You take a look at Merrill Kelly. Buck 27 ERA this season, and you just take a look at him as long as he's been in Arizona since he's come back from the KBO. His ERA is about a point and a half lower at home than it is on the road, and he's really been able to rein it in with regards to the command. He has given up just seven walks in 28 and a third innings this season, four runs, no homers, and this is a Colorado Rockies team that home to road, they are just so demonstratively different with regards to their inning. You take a look at what they're doing on the road this season, and it's a relatively small sample size from nine games, but they're hitting 233 as a collective with 10 home runs in nine games. Meanwhile, you take a look at what this team is doing at home, and their batting average raises by about 50 points. They're hitting at 280 as a collective, 15 home runs over the course of 15 games, which adds a little bit low, but still, they're doing a great job of being able to put bat to ball at home. Meanwhile, on the road, it's been a little bit different. You have been able to get a little bit more consistency out of a few guys that wound up struggling last season, like a Charlie Blackman sitting at 285 on the road. Jose Iglesias has been able to do a solid job as well, but guys like Elias Diaz, CJ Crone, Connor Joe, these guys are hitting a 215 or lower on the road, and then you take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team has a collective even though they have went on and won seven out of their last nine games. They're going to buck 91 as a team. And you take a look at this lineup, and right now you've got one guy that's hitting above a 260, and that'd be Paven Smith. Among guys that have more than 35 at-bats, you've got two guys right now. They're in above a 225, so that is a real issue for this team now. You do have Dalton Varsho, who's been able to give the team five home runs. Christian Walker at six, so that's been rock solid. And for the years in the Diamondbacks, you do leave yourself holding your breath a little bit with regards to this bullpen, especially with Mark Melanson now on the injured list, but you still have Joe Benetipo. You've got Ian Kennedy, and you've got a guy in Merrill Kelly that consistently gives you six strong. Meanwhile, for Chad Cool, I mean, this guy has really been resurgent. I felt like the Pirates didn't necessarily utilize him the way that they should have thus far this season. 23 and two-thirds inning 
innings across four starts. He's given up just two home runs, seven walks, five runs in total. And you take a look at what he was able to do during the we're going to call it the 2021 season. He wound up being able to do a relatively solid job right around a 482-ish ERA. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Gave up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings. Has really been able to lock in with the cards to the command. A lot of his issues last year due to the fact that he wound up having right around four walks per nine innings. And you do take a look at this Colorado Rockies lineup. The bullpen can sometimes struggle a little bit on the road. But that said, I do like what you've been able to get out of someone like a Justin Lawrence, who is ERA for the season is right around a 2-3. Daniel Bard, a sub-2 ERA. Tyler Kinley, a sub-1 ERA. So these normal relievers for the Rockies have been able to do a good job of being able to hold down the fort. I think we've gotten a little bit too love for too much love here for Arizona, so I'm going to take right around a plus 130-ish here with the Colorado Rockies, so we're looking at that, but the DK Nation pick could be on this under. I wound up saying my total at 7.3, so even if this were to drop to a 7.5, I would still like it under, so going under with the DK Nation pick and go with the Rockies with a plus price. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board, the Miami Marlins hit the road to face off against the Slam Diego Padres. You Darvish going to be going for the pods, and Sandy Alcantara is going to be on the bump for Miami. Miami is finding themselves as underdogs anywhere between plus 104 and plus 115. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the pods, it's anywhere between minus 127 and minus 114, with six half being your total. Over saying between minus 115 and minus 120, the under saying between even and minus 105. And I did wind up making the Padres a minus 143 favor. We were talking about it in the last segment with Justin. We've just seen such stark moves on the Miami Marlins, and when you wind up hearing this, the Miami Marlins price might have dropped even a little bit more now. Sandy Alcantara has been able to do a very solid job this season for Miami, but I still take a look at his career home and road splits, which were really demonstrative last season, and they're of concern. 241 ERA at home last season, 401 ERA on the road, giving up 13 bombs in 101 innings on the road, 8 bombs in 104 and 2 thirds innings at home. So that is a little bit of an issue for this team. You do take a look at the Marlins bullpen, and it's relatively solid. You've got the Anthony's, Anthony Bass, Anthony Bender, or we give you a solid couple of innings, Stephen O'Kurt, Cody Poteet, Tanner Scott, Cole Solzer, all these guys able to do a solid job. But for the Padres, you also have Nabel Christman, who's able to give you multiple good innings on a night-in-night-out basis. I like what you're able to get out of Taylor Rogers. Craig Stammen is able to hold it down for the team. And for you, Darvish, he's just been so much better since getting to San Diego at home than on the road. I mean, I know that it's a two-start sample size this year, but 790 ERA on the road, 0.71 ERA at home, and take a look home to road last season. Last season, he had a 2.16 ERA dip with regards to his ERA at home versus on the road. 5.54 road ERA, 3.38 home ERA. So, I mean, it's very demonstrative what we've been seeing out there. And for the San Diego Padres, this is a relatively solid lineup that you've got. You've been able to get some very good, just not just power, but average out of Manny Machado along with Eric Cosmer. He combined eight home runs going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday. Both of these guys in north of a 3.65 going into that game direction profile. Needs to pull up that below the Mendoza line of 200 batting average, but five home runs for him. Jorge Alfaro is now back at the full for the team. Awesome Kim winds coming over from the Korean baseball organization. He's been able to find it in year number two here in the United States. Trent Christian has still been a little bit tough for the team, but then you take a look at the Miami Marlins. You do have a pair of guys, Jazz Chisholm along with Asu Sanchez, who have been able to do a good job of being able to get on and combine seven home runs between these two, but Ore Soler, Miguel Rojas, Avicio Garcia, the entire catcher spot, all hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. That's a little bit tough for the team, so... 
I do think that Darvish going to come in, going to continue to dominate and all, man. With his total, I think that it should be low. I think we've went too low here. I set my total at 6.8. When you wind up getting down to 6.5 or lower, unless if you've got like Max Scherzer versus Jacob DeGrom, you're really starting to roll the dice. So I'm willing to take the pods in this spot on the money line, and I'm willing to take the 6.5 over. 9.13, 9.14 on the betting board. Currently a to-be-determined starter for the San Francisco Giants, and they're going to be facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals, who are going to be going with Jordan X. Now the question becomes, do we wind up getting Logan Webb, or do we wind up getting a bullpen game for the San Francisco Giants? And with the differential between a bullpen game and Logan Webb, it's about 25 to 30 cents in my opinion. Like, I wind up saying the bullpen game currently at a minus 140, and I would not doubt it if we wind up getting Alex Cobb in this spot. If it would be Cobb, it would pretty much be the equivalence of a bullpen game right around minus 140-ish. But with that said, taking a look at this, you got a Giants bullpen that they were the only bullpen in the big leagues last season that wound up having a sub-3 ERA. Now, they are dealing with a couple of injuries. Sammy Long wound up getting roughed up a couple days ago. You wound up having Dominique Leone and Zach Liddell for quite a while out of the fold, but now you've got Zach Liddell back in there. You did wind up having quite a few bullpen pieces that wound up getting gassed up for the Giants yesterday as well, so that's a little bit of an issue, and right now, from what I'm seeing, most likely going to be Alex Cobb. Now with Cobb, a little bit interesting because he wound up having a little bit of a resurgent year last season while he was out there in Los Angeles, but when he was away from the city of Los Angeles, it was a little bit tough. 222 ERA at home, 544 ERA away from LA, so that was a little bit of a horse speed situation. Has been able to do a better job with the strikeouts. Got roughed up in his last start, but him being able to get back out there, that should be beneficial, but I take a look at Jordan Nix, and this is pretty much a bullpen game plus here for the St. Louis Cardinals. He's made two long relief appearances and three starts three and a third innings or fewer in every one of them, and command is still an issue from eight walks in 12 and a third innings. Swing and miss stuff is relatively solid. He's a hard thrower, but it's not a guy that's probably going to give you anything more than four innings, so the St. Louis Cardinals are going to go to a bullpen that by and large has been relatively solid. Packy Naughton is someone that's able to give you multiple innings. CJ McFarlane has been good for the team. Genesis Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, even Ryan Helsley. They're able to come in and they're able to hold down the fort, and both of these lineups are ones that wind up giving you a little bit of power. You take a look at the St. Louis Cardinals and Nolan Arenado entering into Thursday. 360 batting average, seven home runs. He has been rock solid. Tommy Edmond has been able to give you three bombs. He's hitting above a three iron. Got a couple guys that have been a little bit lean with the bat. Dylan Carlson, Yadier Molina, Tyler O'Neill, only a 210 or lower. That's been rough. And for the San Francisco Giants, batting average has been a little bit down for the team, but now you've got Jock Peterson back. He's hitting above a 300. He's been able to give the team six home runs, despite the fact that he only had 56 at best. Going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday, Mikey Strzemski is back in the fold for the team. You've even had Luis Gonzalez be able to 300 for the team as well. So in the case of Alex Cobb slash bullpen game for the Giants, we'll be setting them right around a minus 140-ish. And I I do think that both of these bullpens are going to be used up quite a bit. Alex Cobb wound up having a relatively rough go of it the last time out, so I do think that you're going to see some runs in this game. Semi-total at a 7.7, so a 7.5 or less looking over an 8 or higher looking at the under and willing to lay up to a minus 140 here with a giant slash 8 bullpen game against your Knicks. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals at the road. They're going to be facing off against the Baltimore Orioles. Jordan Lyles going to be going for the Royals, and you got Carlos Hernandez who's going to be on the bump for Kansas City. We are on to Kansas City, and they're on to being right around anywhere between a minus 105 to a plus 104 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Orioles, anywhere between minus 109 and minus 115 is your price. It is your total. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 105. And with the Baltimore Orioles, I did wind up saying them as an underdog in this spot of plus 121, because Jordan Lyles is just a guy that's very untrustworthy. He gave up 38 home runs last season, 1.9 home runs 
per nine innings. He's still given up quite a bit of hard contact this season. 450 ERA, four bombs given up in 26 innings. The walks per nine rate, that is a little bit north of three. And for Carlos Hernandez, he actually did his best work on the road last season. You take a look at him during 2021, 49-0 ERA, 227 road ERA, and 11 appearances on the road, giving up just two home runs in 39 and two-thirds innings. That opponent's hitting a buck 69 off of him now. The Royals don't necessarily back him up with the world's greatest lineup. You've got a lot of guys that have been struggling to get on base, and you got, interestingly enough, two guys are doing a great job of getting on base. Andrew Benatendi and Oliveras, these two guys are both hitting a 350 or greater, so that has been very beneficial, but 13 home runs in 23 games. That's just not going to cut itself. Salvador Perez does have five of those bombs, but he, Carlos Santana, Whit Merrifield are all hitting a buck 70 or lower. That is an issue. Now, Bobby Witt Jr. wound up getting his first career home run. He's starting to pull it up a little bit, but this is a team that they don't do a very good job of being able to draw walks. They actually are relatively decent at being able to get some stolen bases, and you do take a look at this bullpen, though, and it is relatively solid. Shake Brantz is currently on the injured list, but you still got Scott Barlow. Amir Garrett is not necessarily too great, but I'd like Josh Shamout if you need to get multiple innings out of someone like a Joel Payampas, he's able to do so for you as well. So you do have some nice pieces out there. And then you do take a look at the Baltimore Orioles. And Felix Batista has actually come out of the bullpen and he has looked relatively solid for the team. But I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression. Batista wound up getting used up yesterday. You've got CNL Perez who going into Thursday had not given up a single run. And you do take a look at this Baltimore Orioles team, bottom five team, with regards to run scored per game in all the big leagues. You do have a couple guys that are starting to get on base for you. Austin the Say's kid. He's hitting right around a 270. Trey Boomo Mancini said, Rick Mullins, you're able to throw in there Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Santander. They're all hitting between about a 256 to a 240. Then you've got guys like Rudan Odor, Ramon Urias, Robinson Chirinos, Kelvin Gutierrez, all these guys hitting at 220 or lower, and you really don't have any power whatsoever with regards to Baltimore Orioles. Going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday, 13 home runs as a collective, so neither of these teams have necessarily been great there. You got two pitchers that they are a little bit shaky, but I've got much more faith in Carlos Hernandez, especially with this this being a road start, and I think that the Royals have a chance to be able to keep tee off here. They wind up saying my total at an 8.7, even with the change around dimensions out there in Camden Yard. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over in this spot. Want to lay up to a minus 121 here with the Royals. So looking Royals and looking over. 917-918 on the banging board. The Walker, Texas Rangers. Hit the road face off against the New York Yankees. Garrett Cole is going to be going for the Yankees, and Glenn Otto is going to be going for the Rangers, a former Yankee. It's my name's Alva, big underdog here. With the Texas Rangers, any team plus 180 and plus $2 is your price. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Yankees, you're going to be buying any team minus 207 and minus 225. 7 is your total over and under any team minus 105 and minus 115. And with the Texas Rangers, I need at least a plus 242 to be able to take a shot here. And if you're looking at the run line of the New York Yankees, Finding it anywhere between even money and minus 105. Even seeing a stray plus 105, I was willing to lay closer to like a minus 130, minus 135. So I am aboard the Yankees run line. I do recognize that Garrett Cole wound up having his struggles early on this season. And I still don't know if he's necessarily fully fixed. But last two starts against the Guardians and the Kansas City Royals. A combined 12 and two-thirds innings, giving up three walks, 15 strikeouts, no runs allowed. We've seen this with Garrett Cole the last few years. Against good teams, he craters. Against bad teams, he's really able to dominate. And we're going to call it what it is. The Texas Rangers are currently a bad team. They are hitting as a collective right around at 224. And some of the guys that you thought were going to be able to step up for 
for the team. They've made like your buddy at the bar, and they are doing absolutely nothing whatsoever. Adelise Garcia, Mitch Garver, Marcus Simeon, Cole Calhoun, Willie Calhoun, all hitting at 200 or lower for this team. Now, I will say, Corey Seager's been relatively solid. Ryan Ryan, 260 batting average, four home runs for this team, so he's been able to supply that. And for Garcia, he does have four home runs, but also the Texas Rangers back up a not necessarily so great starter in Glenn Otto with a bullpen that has been shaky, shall we say. They're in the bottom 10 in the big leagues with regards to bullpen ERA. John King is actually halfway decent for this team, but Matt Moore, you need more because this guy is terrible. Garrett Richards is someone that I've currently no faith in whatsoever. I mean, it's a case which Brock Burke has become one of your better relievers. And for Glenn Otto, first couple starts have not necessarily been too bad. Wound up having a north of 9 ERA at the big league level last season. A dominator out there in the minor leagues levels. And he is able to give you quite a few strikeouts, but he's a guy that when he winds up getting hit, he winds up getting hit hard. And the team that you don't want to be facing with that is the New York Yankees because you've got Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge, who both have nine home runs this season. A combined 18 between the two of them, a combined 40 RBI. They have been nothing short of terrific Giancarlo Sane. He's got five bombs. He's hitting a 265. Isaiah Canera Falefa, the former Ranger, he's hitting a 295. DJ LeMayu is doing a solid job with a 360 on base as well. This is a lineup that is really getting homing in for the Yankees. One of the best bullpens out there in the big leagues might wind up being the best when it's all said and done. Wani Peralta has been able to give you good innings. Michael King has been the king out there in the bullpen. I mean, this is a guy that he's got one run allowed in 17 and two-thirds innings, so he has been magnificent. Miguel Castro has been able to do some solid work rolled his Chapman after a little bit of a tough start to the season. He's been able to get it going as well. I think that the Yankees should just be able to dominate in this game. I did want to take my total at an 8.6. I think that Mr. Otto going to be giving up some relatively hard contact. And I think that Cole is going to do a nice job of being able to hold down the fort. So here at the 7, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. And when it comes to the New York Yankees, we'll take them on the run line, getting right around even money laying a run and a half. 919, 920 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Boston Red Sox, and they're going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox. Vince Velasquez is going to be going for the Sox, and Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for, well, the other Sox, because it's Sox on Sox. Crime here, as we've got the Boston Red Sox find themselves as a minus 164 to a minus 180 favorite. Meanwhile, with the White Sox, you're finding them in between a plus 150 to a plus 160, with 8 to 8 and a half being your total. On the 8, over is minus 120, and the under is even. On the 8 and a half, under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The over is anywhere between even and minus 105, and with the Boston Red Sox, set them at a minus 157. I would need at least a plus 158 to be able to take a shot, and we've actually gotten there with the Chicago White Sox. This is a White Sox team that I have soured on a little bit. They are currently 11 and 13, but the Red Sox are 10 and 16, and I recognize the fact that the Red Sox have had a brutal stretch to begin the season. I mean, they play against the Twins, the Yankees, actually the Twins twice, the Blue Jays, the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, it has been murderer's row for them, to say the least, but expect a little bit more out of them, and the lineup has been fine. You've got Rafael Devers, who's been able to give you four home runs. He's hitting right around 285. Xander Bogarts is hitting about a 350. J.D. Martinez has been able to do a nice job. He's hitting right around at 300 as well, so these guys have been solid, but then you take a look at Trevor Story, Alex Verdugo, Christian Vasquez, Christian Arroyo, all these guys hitting a 220 or lower, and for the Red Sox, it is a case in which they need to find someone to replace Garrett Woodlock out of the bullpen because he's now become a starter. Austin Davis is not necessarily so great. Ryan Brazier, Matt Barnes, these guys can be a little bit up and down. Cutter Crawford, he's not your long guy, and that is not a guy that you want as a long guy. Now for the White Sox, they've had some issues in the bullpen themselves. Liam Hendricks has just just not been himself. He's been dealing with a couple of injuries this season. Jose Ruiz, Aaron Bummer, Ryan Burr. These guys aren't great. These guys aren't terrible. They've been dealing with an injury to Eli Menace as well, but I do think that they are going to be able to pull it up with regards to their batting. Just a 276 on base. as one of the worst out there in the big leagues. I do think that Tim Anderson is doing a relatively solid job for the team, hitting above a 300. He's really the lone guy 
has been able to come through other than Andrew Vaughn, who's been a little bit banged up himself. Four bombs, 280 batting average for him, but you do take a look at it. Jose Abreu is not going to continue it. Three... 30 with regards to on base, 230 with regards to batting average forever, just 8 RBI. That's a little bit uncharacteristic of him. Adam Engel, Yasmani Grandal, these guys have struggled to begin the season. I do think that they're going to be able to pull it up now. Vinny Velo is not necessarily great on the road. He's got a 13.50 road ERA this season and last season. You take a look at it, he had a 536 home ERA, 729 road ERA. Someone who he's able to get strikeouts. He got right around 10 strikeouts per 9 innings last season, but also gave up right around 2.3 home runs per 9 innings. Fortunately, Boston here in early May, not necessarily too warm. And you did take a look at Nathan Eovaldi. He's been very good at home throughout his entire career. I mean, you just go back to 2021, 347 OMR, six home runs, give it up in 114 innings, which is very uncharacteristic for Fenway Field. So I do think that he's going to be able to do a halfway decent job, but I do think that this is a White Sox team that is going to be able to get to him a little bit, get into that bullpen, and that's where they wind up doing their damage. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7 because I do think that Mr. Velasquez is going to give up some runs and I think that the Red Sox should be a favorite but I think that we went a little bit too far with a team that they are what their record says they are 10 and 16 so we'll take the plus price here with the White Sox and looking over 921-922 on the bang board the Toronto Blue Jays hit the road to face off against the Cleveland Guardians. Shane Bieber Fever is going to be going for the Guardians and Kevin Gosman is going to be going for the Jays. Right now the Blue Jays are finding themselves anywhere between a minus 140 and a minus 150 meanwhile if you're taking a look at Cleveland you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 130 and plus 133. 6.5 is your total over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115 and with the Guardians I was willing to take anything above a plus 117 so we're going to be taking a shot here when it comes to Bieber he just should not be this big of an underdog he has been terrific once again this year three home runs and 29 strikeouts and 29 innings thus far this season I know that a lot of people were looking at him asking is there going to be a little bit of a fall off with the Biebs and thus far the answer is no you take a look at his last three starts and he's been able to give you right around 20 and a third innings giving up five runs so he certainly has been able to hold down the fourth for this team. Just three walks in that time span as well. Strikeout numbers are down a little bit, but he has been effective. And you do take a look at Kevin Gosman, and his start to the year is impressive in that he's won 31 and two-thirds innings. Zero home runs and zero walks allowed. That is so just incredible. I do think that there has to be a little bit of regression here, but I like what I'm seeing out of him as well. The problem is, with the Cleveland Guardians, their bullpen is pretty much online with that of the Blue Jays, and both of these teams did wind up having to drive into their bullpen quite a bit. You did wind up seeing Trevor Richards have to fill multiple innings for the Toronto Blue Jays. You've got to think that someone like Julian Merriweather is going to be seeing some innings in this one. You've also got to think that you're going to be seeing a lot of Adam Simber, and then for the Cleveland Guardians, it is a case in which you did wind up having to use up Emmanuel Class A yesterday, but he didn't have to go too many pitches. You did wind up having to use up Nick Sandlin, but Trevor Steven is able to give you some solid innings as well. And both of these teams are relatively sneaky with regards to their lineup. Steven Kwan, slitting above a 300 long. Josh Naylor, Jose Ramirez, Andres Jimenez. You've even been able to get a 300 batting average of Richie Palacios. I mean, it's been very impressive to see what you've been able to get out of this lineup with Ramirez. He's got right now 29 RBI. That, I believe, leads all of baseball. Miles Straw, one of the best base dealers in all of baseball. So, this is a Guardians lineup that's halfway decent. And then you did take a look at the Toronto Blue Jays. They were able to play in over yesterday, but they've actually been one of your better under teams at all baseball thus far this season because they've got some struggling bats. Now, Liger Jr. was able to get a home run yesterday. He's sitting at 290. You know what you're going to be able to get out of him. At Bobachet, the last week has really been able to come on after a little bit of a rough start to the season. But guys at the bottom of the lineup, Bradley Zimmer, it's been a little bit rough. Alejandro Kirk, Santiago Spenel, they're getting on base. They don't necessarily provide a lot of power. George Springer wound up getting a little bit of a day off with a pinch hitting roll yesterday. He should be back in the fold. That should be a blowout. 
this Blue Jays lineup a little bit. Now, I do think we've just went too low with regards to this total. Kevin Gosman's great. Shane Bieber's great. Both of these bullpens aren't necessarily too terrible, but I mean, with these lineups setting a total at 6.5, I think that that's a little bit too low. At 7, I would start to entertain an under, but I wound up setting my total at 6.9, so I'm going to be looking at the over in this spot. Anything north of a plus 120 was willing to take a shot with the Guardians, so looking Guardians are looking over. 923, 924 on the betting board. You've got yourself the Houston Astros. They're going to be playing us the Detroit Tigers. Bo Brisky is going to be going for the Tigres, and you've got Luis Garcia who's going to be on the bump for the Astros. Astros are finding themselves as a big giant favorite here. Anywhere between minus 188 and minus $2. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Tigres, it's anywhere between plus 165 and plus 180 with your total being 8 overs. Anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even a minus 105 on the 8.5. Seeing that as well, unders minus 120 and the over is even. And when it comes to Houston Astros, wind up saying them as north of a $2 favorite. And now the question becomes, what did they wind up making the run line? And right now on the run line of the Houston Astros, finding anywhere between even money and plus 105. And on the Astros, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 130. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot here because you do have a guy in Brisky who he didn't do a bad job in his first two starts. Five innings in both of them. So combined 10 innings, giving up four runs. Problem is, he gave up three home runs and he gave up four total runs. He is not going to be that lucky against the Houston Astros. An Astros team that now they're starting to get fully healthy. You've got Jose Altuve now back at the fold for this team. He's getting into the swing of things. He wanted getting a home run in a multi-hit game yesterday. Alex Bregman, he's able to do a solid job getting it on base. Nearly a 333. Alex Bregman, he's starting to find it a little bit more as well. You've got Jordan Alvarez who entered into Thursday with eight bombs, 15 RBI. He's starting to find it. So it's not the time that you want to be facing off against the Houston Astros. And for the Detroit Tigers, you do have guys who are able to get on base for you. Harold Castro is sitting well above a 3 Tucker Barnard, along with Austin Meadows, Robbie Grossman, all these guys are in above a 275, throwing there Miguel Cabrera as well, but Jameer Candelario, Spencer Torkelson, Jonathan Scope, these guys are in below the Mendoza line at 200 is absolutely killing them, and you've just got a lack of power right now with the Detroit Tigers heading into Thursday. You wound up having 10 home runs for this entire team. To put that into perspective, Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Judge had by themselves 9 home runs entering into the day, so that's not necessarily too terrific. You did take a look at the Tigers bullpen and they've been dealing with a couple of ailments. They wound up getting Andrew Chafin just off the injured list recently. Drew Hutchinson is able to give you some innings Gregory Soto will vest. I do like these guys, but I think the Brisky going to get a little bit lit up. And then you take a look at Mr. Garcia, and he's just always been better at home than he has been on the road. You take a look at that 2021 campaign, 239 home ERA, 424 road ERA, giving up eight home runs in 79 innings at home, 11 bombs in 76 innings on the road with opponents hitting 42 points lower at home. So I do think that that's going to be of impact now with the Astros. They're dealing with a couple of ailments. When it comes to the bullpen, Ryan Presley is currently out of the fold, but Hector Neris, someone who's a little bit up and down, he's able to give you a tad bit of something. Rafael Montero has actually been very good this year entering into Thursday with a sub-1 ERA Brian Abreu is able to give you a couple solid innings as well so I do take a look at this spot I think that the Astros are going to clobber Bo Brisky and company I did wind up saying my total at an 8.8 because I do think that the Astros starting to find it with their bats I am looking at the over in the spot with the Astros and with the Astros want to lay the run line that I'm currently finding at even money was willing to lay a relatively hefty price so look at Astros run line and looking over we move to 925-926 on the main board the Minnesota Twins are going to be playing with the Oakland A's Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Mr. Winder, Josh Winder is going to be on the bump for the Twins. The Twins are finding themselves in between minus 172 and minus 180 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Oakland, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 155 and plus 162. 7.5 is your total. Over is anywhere between even and minus 105. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. And 
If you're looking at the Twins' run line, find that anywhere between plus 115, seeing as a plus 122. I was willing to take a shot as long as I was getting north of a plus 105 on the run line. Money line is pretty much where I wound up setting this. I wound up setting mine at minus 173. I want to reduce the juice. I want to take a look at the run line in the spot because you have an Oakland A's team that has been ghastly bad on offense. They've scored three runs or fewer and now eat 11 out of their last 15 games, so it's been a little bit of a hot mess for them. You do take a look at Cole Irvin, and the one thing that he does do is he's not going to put guys on cheaply. You take a look at his walks per nine rate, really, for his career, and it's been rock solid. Seven walks at 27 and two-thirds innings thus far this season, but also with that, he winds up getting right around six strikeouts per nine innings, and he does allow quite a bit of hard contact. Four bombs given up at 27 and two-thirds innings thus far this season. Then you take a look at Mr. Winder. He wound up making a start against the Tampa Bay Rays, in which he wound up going six strong. I was a little bit surprised by the length that he was able to go, but he wound up delivering six scoreless innings across 16 and a third innings at the big league level this year. Four walks, two home runs allowed. That's sort of what Josh Winder is. He's not going to just completely knock you off your socks and blow you away, for lack of a better term, but he's a solid pitcher that you really don't have too many home and road splits because he is a rookie, but I think that he's going to come in, give you five to six good innings, and be able to manhandle an Oakland A's lineup that we're going to call it what it is. It's not very good right now. The Oakland A's, as a collective, they're hitting at 206 with a 269 on base. That's just downright unacceptable. And if you got one guy with more than three home runs, that'd be Sean Murphy, who's hitting at 207 with four bombs. So has not necessarily been great now. Sheldon Noisy is hitting a 313 for the team. That's been solid. And Jan Pinner, who wound up missing a little bit of the season, he's hitting a 300. Other than these two gentlemen, you don't have a single guy that's hitting above a 235. And other than Tony Kemp, you don't have a single guy outside of these three hitting above a 217. I mean, it is ghastly bad there. And then you take a look at the Oakland A's bullpen. They're still dealing with a couple of injuries. De Elise Carrera is currently out of the fold. You want him just getting back Lou Trevino, and he wound up getting destroyed when he wound up coming back Kirby Snead. Not necessarily too terrific of a bullpen piece. And for the Minnesota Twins, what I will say about them, their bullpen is not necessarily too terrific either. Emilio Pagan is a guy that gives up a whole bunch of home runs. Joe Ryan is someone that you don't necessarily want to be trusting in too much. Kale Theobar, he could be up and down, and he wound up getting used up yesterday along with Griffin Jacks, but you do take a look at this Minnesota Twins lineup and going into what we wound up seeing on Thursday. They had scored 5-plus runs in 10 out of their last 14 games, so they have been one of the hottest offenses out there in all of baseball. Gio Urshela, Max Kepler, Carlos Correa, all hitting between a 240 and a 255. You've been able to have Trevor Larnage hit above a 300. Byron Buxton has been amazing for the team. He's now got 8 home runs, despite the fact that he's missed like 7 games, so he has been absolutely in fuego, and then you take a look at the flip side for the Oakland A's, and you just don't have that, so it is a spot at which I'm going to be taking a look at the Minnesota run line. I do recognize that it's a little bit colder out there in Minnesota this time of year. It's early May, so the ball isn't necessarily going to be flying too much, but I do think that the Minnesota Twins are going to be able to get to the A's. I do think that the A's are going to be able to put up a couple runs of their own, set my total at a 7.9 as a result, so looking over and looking at the Twins on the run line. 927-928 on the bang board. The Tampa Bay Rays hit the road faceoff against the Miami Marlins. Currently, it looks like it's going to be some sort of a raised bullpen game. The question is, does Josh Fleming start, or does Josh Fleming wind up coming out of the bullpen? Meanwhile, Logan Gilbert is going to be on the bump for the Seattle Mariners. Currently, only DraftKings has a number up on this game, and with that number, Mariners are minus 125, plus 105 here on the Tampa Bay Rays, with 7 being your total, under is minus 120, and the over is even. I did wind up saying my total at a 7.3. Got to figure that it's going to be a wholesale approach for the Tampa Bay Rays, and if you do wind up getting Josh Fleming for either a start or bulk innings, it's been a hot mess for him this season. He has won 15 and two-thirds innings, two starts, a couple of bulk appearances, and he's in 15 and two-thirds innings, giving up 23 hits. The swing and miss stuff is there, but boy, oh boy, this is someone that you probably don't want to be trusting too much in, and I'm surprised that he winds up getting as many innings as he does, especially on the road. Last year, you wound up seeing Mr. Fleming have 12 appearances on the road. 
he wound up posting up an 880 ERA with opponents hitting a 345 off of him. Meanwhile, opponents hit a buck 99 off of him at home with a 228 ERA. That's like the most demonstrative home and road split that we wound up seeing in all baseball last season. And you do take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays lineup. They are a little bit of a feast or famine team. They're hitting 245 as a collective, but you take a look at the top and you take a look at the bottom and there's no comparing it. You've got Isaac Paredes. You're able to throw in there Manuel Margot, Wander Franco, along with Andy Diaz. All these guys are hitting at least a 300 for Franco. He's been able to give you four home runs. And then nobody else on this team is hitting above really a 232, and that's with Tyler Walls. And then best set, nobody's hitting above a 213. So either you're hitting 300 or you're hitting right around the Mendoza line of a 200, which I find that to be very intriguing. Brandon Lau does have three home runs, but it's been unable to get on base. You do take a look at this bullpen. Ryan Thompson is able to give you some good innings. So you've got to figure that JP Fireeyes and Jalen Beeks, these guys are going to be on deck looking for some innings, especially Beeks, someone who's been relatively soft for the team this season. But you take a look at Logan Gilbert. You want to talk about solid. This guy has made five starts this year. He's got a 0.64 ERA, given up two home runs in 28 innings. He has given up just eight walks as well. Someone who last year, you wound up having a little bit of an up and down season. Wound up posting up right around 4.5-ish ERA without really demonstrative home and road splits. He has really been able to hone it in this season. And for the Seattle Mariners, it is a lineup in which it can be a little bit inconsistent. The two guys that you wound up picking up from Cincinnati and Eugenio Suarez, along with Jesse Winker. Neither of these guys have contributed going into what you wound up getting on Thursday. Both of these guys hitting at 205 or lower. And speaking of guys hitting at 205 or lower, you're able to throw in their Abraham Toro, Jared Kelnick, along with Lewis Torrens. But that said, you got J.P. Crawford. Four home runs, 364 batting average. Entering into what we wound up seeing on Thursday, Ty France, 21 RBI, 333 batting average. He's been absolutely terrific. And Julio Rodriguez going into the game, he was doing a solid job over the last, I would say, 10 days after having a really unlucky start to the season. And for the Mariners, this is still a relatively solid bullpen. It's been touched up a little bit here in recent days, but Anthony Machevich, still a solid guy, your second rider. I like what you're able to get out of him, Diego Casillo. Sometimes can leave you holding your breath when he comes in late, and he's actually from the Tampa Bay Rays, and I do take a look at this spot for the Mariners and figuring that it's going to be Fleming or a bulk game for the Rays against Logan Gilbert. Made the Mariners minus 129 favorite with a total of 7.3. So on the line at DriveKings that we've got right now, we'll be willing to lay the minus 125 and we'll be looking over on the 7 end. We wrap things up with 929, 930 on the bang board, the Washington Nationals. They hit the road. They're going to be facing off against the LA Angels. Yohan Adon is going to be going for the Nets. And right now it is good old to be determined who's going to be going for the Angels. Angels are right now wondering what the heck to do because they wound up sending down Jose Suarez to the minor league level. Right now, all indications seem that it's most likely going to be Aime Barilla who's going to be getting the start. And if it is one, Aime Barilla against Yohan Adon of the Washington Nationals. This is a spot in which I would be setting the Angels as a relatively sizable favorite in this spot, even with Aime Barilla. This would be a case in which I'd be setting this line more around a minus 160 two-ish with them, and then with regards to the run line, I'd be willing to take it as long as I'd be getting a plus 120 or greater, so that's where we stand on that front, but also with regards to the total, in for less looking over 9 or higher to the under with the Nationals. Actually, going into the last two games of the series with the Colorado Rockies, they've been halfway decent on the road, and for the year, they are 6-7 and seven on the road, and the Nationals have actually been playing quite a few overs recently. But you take a look at them, three out of their four games here in the month of May have wound up going over the total, and for that matter, five out of their last six as well. It's been a case which it's been all or nothing though for the Washington Nationals because in their last 15 games, they're a team that they're averaging 
right around four and a half runs per game, but in 11 of those games, three runs or fewer. So it certainly is interesting to take a look there. I do think that they're doing for a couple games in which they wind up scoring like four, maybe five runs. Keyboard Ruiz has been solved for this team. He, Juan Soto, and Mikel Franco throw in there. Cesar Hernandez as well. Only between a 270 and a 282, you'll be able to get some solid power out of Soto. Six home runs this season. Problem is, he's got six home runs and seven RBI. So, I mean, that means that he's got at least six solo home runs right there. I mean, it's just absolutely insane what we've been seeing there. But that said, he's been hitting home runs. Josh Bell is hitting at 350 for this team as well. You've got LCDs Escobar, not SCB, too terrific for this team. But you do have a national team that they're starting to pick it up with the bats. And with Jaime Barilla, if you do wind up getting him for a start, he was, we're going to call it what it is, all over the place last season. But that said, he's made four relief appearances this season, 231 ERA, has really been able to rein it in. And what I think is big for Jaime Barilla is just not having that big blow up ending. That's what wound up costing him last year in 2021. And last season, he was actually very good at home. 278 home ERA and six starts, seven total appearances, gave up four bombs at 32 and two thirds innings. But he had just five walks in that time span. Meanwhile, on the road, he wound up providing 14 walks and 24 and a third innings. So just having that command, that's going to be big. And for the Angels, you've got a couple of trustworthy bullpen pieces for this team. Ryan Tapera is very good for this team. I absolutely love what you're able to get out of Rossi Iglesias and then Aaron Loop as well. But as that, the guys like Oliver Ortega, Kenny Rosenberg and company, not necessarily too terrific for the Nationals. You just don't want any part of this bullpen whatsoever. Steve Ciszek wanted getting used up yesterday. You wound up having to use up Kyle Finnegan, Josh Rogers as well. So you are going to have available Tanner Rainey. You wound up having north of a 70 ERA, but you do take a look at this Angels lineup as well. And the guys outside of Shoya Otani and Mike Trout were the biggest question mark coming into the season. And thus far, these guys have been able to produce. Taylor Ward is hitting a 370, and he wound up having three home runs in that Guardian series overall for the season. 15 RBI, six bombs. He has been terrific. Shoya Otani has been a little bit tough out of the gates, hitting it just a 240. But you take a look at Mike Trout, who wound up getting the day off yesterday. He's hitting well above a 300. He's got six plus home runs. Anthony Rendon has not been able to do a lot. E Max Sassy, Jack Mayfield, they're hitting between a 220 and a 230. But Brandon Marsh is hitting a 265. Joe Adele has been a reach base for you as well. David Fletcher continues to be a hot mess, but still, this is an Angels team that they're doing a relatively solid job. So, in the mid-160s, I'd be willing to lay it with Aime Baria, and if you wind up getting someone not named Aime Baria, I'd probably be looking at the Angels as a little bit more of a favorite as well. I do wind up setting my total at an 8.8, so an 8.5 for Laura looking over, and a 9 or higher could be taking a look at the under, and that'll wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. Big thanks to Justin Perry. He does a great job over there at Ozchecker. He wound up joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters M. Maybe it does not matter. Size per usual, please just send these into the timeline and the other ways find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.